Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host, Scott Weatherly, and as always, I will be joined by my regular co-host, Julian Darius. Now, we are reaching into the farther end of the Red Dwarf saga. As we've said before, we've left the BBC years behind us. We've gone back to Earth, but now we're going to be doing Dave proper. In this episode, we're going to be tackling series 10, and then we've got 11, 12, and the promised land beyond that. Now, we are going to jump straight in. I will hand you over to myself and Julian as we get stuck right into the first full series from Dave. And Do you think we think it's any good? Let's go find out. Okay, so let's move on. This. So it took four more years. So we go from 2009 or early 2009 to sort of late... Uh, 2012 for us to get series 10 um you know back on it's on dave it's another sort of six uh, episode run and um we're very much back to the old format you know the the, the sort of the dwarf crew are back on the red dwarf it's just those four and um if that status is going to be sort of maintained um so when did you when did you come across uh, series ten? Um, about when it aired, um, because much like uh, Back to Earth, I was sort of watching uh, news on comic book websites and pop culture websites, and so you know, for me, Back to Earth was like you know a big deal. And then it came out, and I saw it, and I thought, okay, well, you know. That was an odd little sort of denouement to Red Dwarf. And then I saw news sort of out of nowhere. Oh, they're going to do another season. And I thought, oh, wow, that's that's awesome. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see it. And then I saw it and, and, um, and I thought it was good. But I didn't really revisit it or remember it. Um, and then subsequently when they announced that they had another two seasons, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, announced, I sort of, I said, Oh, I got to remember to watch those. And then never did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, for me, it it took me a couple of years, actually. Um, I think around this time, I think weirdly I felt reluctant, um, to watch it when it, when it first sort of came out. I mean, looking at this on the episode list now and sort of, I think it was I. I actually sort of came to watch it when I knew they were coming back for series eleven, and I was like, "Oh, they are going to do more. I really should go back and watch sort of series ten, uh, and, and did so. Um, and I, I think I went back to these with some real trepidation, thinking, you know, uh, I don't know what day you know UK TV is going to do to them or sort of that sort of thing. Um, so. 
I, yeah, it took me a while. I definitely came, and even now, I sort of I feel differently to these than I do to the original show, which I think I, I don't know if is valid. And let's not say I don't like them, but um, but what what's your sort of thoughts on on these sort of the, the let's just say series ten then as a sort of a group, the sort of six overall. What are your overall thoughts to begin with? Well, I understand what you're saying about sort of like feeling differently about them. Um, I don't know that that's fair, but I mean they do. You know, some of it is that it, it doesn't have the sort of like hard tumble feel to it as, you mm-hmm. know, the original show. But I mean, you know, you and I have discussed how I'm a, more partial to the first and second season than I think most Red mm-hmm. Core fans are. I kind of like the rawness of it. Um, at the same time, I like the polish of this. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, the episode, episode for episode, um, you know, I'll even put Back to Earth in there. You know, Back to Earth and 10 and 11 probably can hold their own with certainly, um, you know, the, an average season of Red Dwarf. Yeah. They're not, they're not, you know, they're, they're not a lot of amazing episodes, but there aren't a lot of real stinkers. And even the ones that are sort of middling episodes are not episodes that I cringe at as much as, you know, or I'm angry by, you know, I think, oh, well, I've kind of seen that before. I, I think this, what really bothers me is I don't have the same affection for it. I mean, I, I like it. I, I, I want to like, you know, I want to feel more for it than I do. Um, I'll defend it. Um, I think, you know, I, I would be one of those defenders of the new stuff, mm. but but having said that, I mean, I do think that I felt even when we were discussing like uh, six, seven and eight, that you get into this situation where repeating yourself starts to be a big problem, where yes. I feel like, OK, well, we've done this before. Right. I mean, Rimmer World is like the, you know, third take on I've got another Rimmer here and I don't get along with him. And Rimmer World works better than the others, but you know, mm. then you redo Rimmer World another three times. And it's essentially the same thing. And so we get a lot of these new takes on old tropes for the show. And I think they're probably as good as the average older version of them, but they're sort of repetitions. That's the po- yeah. That's the thing that sort of stabs to me is watching this series. One of the things that stands out most is this is sort of Dave saying, "Okay, well, we did the special, you know, which was a sort of we thought was going to be a one-off, and you know, we could do different bits and pieces of that." Now, what we would do, we want you to, we want you to reconnect with the show. We want you to sort of identify with it again. So, we are going to go back and we're going to sort of you know maintain the status of. Um, like I say, series five, I think it was the last time they were really on Red Dwarf, um, all f- just the four of them. Um, and we're going to do, you know, but we, what we're going to do is we're going to harken back to a whole bunch of things that you will remember. Um, you know, so f- we'll go through it. The first episode, you know, you, we're going to mention Rimmer's family. You know, remember he's got brothers here. You're going to meet Howard. Um you know, episode two is going to be all about how Lister is his own father. Um, you know, you start to get these bits. I mean, is it which one is it? Fathers and sons again. So series two, episode two. The other thing, you have 
think what she called pre the the new computer. Yes. It, it feels reminiscent of Queeg. Yeah, that's true. Um, and there's just a few, you know, as they go through, um, they get less um, like that. But the first couple are very much sort of like, do you remember this? Do you remember this? Uh, that's how it feels a little bit. Um, and so it does. It definitely does the callback stuff. Um, but I, the one thing I would say is, like you said, the polish is there. I feel there's some good moments. To me, the series sort of gains momentum a little bit. Uh, and my favourite episode is probably the last episode, actually. Oh, wow. Um, um, yeah, there's just a couple of things in it that I kind of like, that I, I just think, are, you know, there's some, some daft jokes and stuff, but there's some, there's just some stuff in that last episode that um, really works for me. Um, but also, because there's a sort of an acknowledgement of, of repetition in that, first, in that last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll get to more detail. But in the, the very first thing is that you know the very first thing of that last episode is the ship gets invaded by a sort of a replicant. Um, um, you know that we we sort of know that the rogue replicants are out there, and this guy sort of he's, he wants to sort of this other, this droid sort of wants to start a, was it like a, he's going to progress pursue them across time and space, and they're like, look, we've done this before. Can you not just leave no. us alone? Like this is getting really boring. Right. And it's sort of it, it almost you know I know it's a daft joke, but it sort of acknowledges the sort of the place they're at, you know where they're like we have gone round this a lot, like you know repetition of doing that. There's only so much you can do, and I kind of like the sort of that. And they do sort of again up the ante by having the droids, uh, the rogue simulants, sort of um, it's rogue simulants, and not all is good, but again like it's another sort of like quite a good. Um, I don't know. There's something about that last episode I find quite sort of satisfying. Um, but yeah, there's good. There's some really good moments in this series, but there's a lot of things that sort of feel retreads of things previously. Yeah, I agree. Although I I feel like what I liked most about series ten, especially on this rewatch, was the earlier episodes. Um, I don't look. I you know I feel like that. You know, for me, the the final episode. You know, my note at the top says not so good. Um, so, you know, and there's stuff like in Dear Dave number five that, you know, that I like, but, you know, uh, you know, not as satisfying for me. You know, four is not as satisfying for me. I mean, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, the first three, especially, I don't know that I love them, but I admire them in different ways. Um, you know, I think the same way that you look at six and you say, like, it acknowledges, and I think you're right, it acknowledges this repetition, you know, takes that sort of, uh, um, you know, that sort of uh, subtext and, and, and makes it, uh, you know, the subject. Um, you know, like, you know, meeting uh, Howard Rimmer. Well, yeah, we've heard of these things, but how many Rimmer episodes have we had? Right. We know he's intimidated by his father. We know he's intimidated by his his brothers. Um, You know, it's not a great episode, I freely admit, but it feels like kind of a classic episode. It is sort of, you know, it feels like that partly because it's it's repeating it. But it it makes me think, why didn't the old show do this? Why didn't they introduce these these? You know, I mean, if you're going to do this plot, this seems like such a clever iteration of the Rimmer uh, forced to confront himself uh, sort of plot. 
Well, the weird thing is this this series does it twice, um, and and sort of like almost like change this thing this series. You know, we we are sort of quite a bit lot of rumor talk going on this whole sort of retrospective, but this series in particular changes two sort of fundamental things of who Rimmer is. Um, you know, he's always had this notion, and I don't know if it works for the better or what, but you've had this notion of him being the runt of the litter for all intents and purposes. You know, he's got these sort of older brothers and Howard, I think, is the eldest. Or he's, I don't know, he seems like he's the youngest in this, but you've got these other brothers that are sort of like picked on him and, you know, given wedgies and stuff in the past. And they all went on to become high flyers in, uh, in you know, in uh, Space Corps. Um, and so that sort of always rests on his sort of like thing. But then to learn that actually Howard lied about all that and he's a <laughs> second technician as well. It's funny, like, you know, in the moment. And I kind of like sort of like it shows that all rumours are a bit, you know, knobbish. But mm-hmm. it to me, it's almost like okay, but actually, I it, knowing all this other stuff about Rimmer and you know, and having this sort of this origin and this mythology around him, sort of like, well, that's that's why you got Ace Rimmer because he did have these brothers that sort of picked on him and had these things, and he had to fight back, and you know, he had that break, so that's why he became Ace, and that's obviously been so that always felt quite important to me that he was the runt of the litter, and that. You know, he always says about not having the brakes and all this other crap, but there's a reason that he he resents himself and, all this other, and it's always been there. And then at the very end, in the episode at the beginning, um, the sixth episode, there are bits, you then find out that his dad isn't his dad. And actually, yeah. he, he's actually, um, whilst his mother is his mother, his father is actually the gardener. And you're just like, <sighs> I don't know. Well, that's again sort of underli- undermines this sort of thing of. Well, he was the runt of the litter, and, and and you know, sort of like, oh, so now he's ch- genetically predisposed to being an idiot. That's why, that's why yeah. he's not as good as his brothers. And I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me because that sort of takes away all the stuff that sort of like him, you know, being this sort of uh, person. Um, you know, the whole nature nurture thing. I suppose you can get into, but I don't know. I just, those two facts in particular sort of bother me a little bit about this series. Yeah, I think, and I, I think you're right that. You know, what I have in my notes is that basically I feel like those two episodes contradict each other, right? Mm. That, you know, essentially the, uh, your father's not your father, which I think is a legit, um, you know, sort of retcon. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, I don't know what it does. And it's it's sort of for the character. And, and it's very quickly sort of brushed under the rug. Uh, mm. You know, it's kind of mentioned, but... It's not like he becomes this working class hero from then on, um, you know, and the same thing um, about uh, Howard that he sort of learns, oh, my brother was a liar. This whole thing that I've looked up to is a lie. Now, I like this trope. I mean, I, I guess both of the episodes have that going for it, but I, I like that idea. I mean, it's sort of similar to when you find out that the, uh, you know, the captain of Red Dwarf uh, lied his way into the position, you know? There's something about, like, yeah, all those successful people, you just don't get to see their interior space. And in their interior space, they're liars and and screw-ups. And, you know, I I mean, there's... Taking the piss out of them, Mm -hmm. out of the successful people, the rich people, 
I think is good fun. But it does seem as if it, Rimmer cannot fundamentally change, right? Or else we get a new status quo. And because yeah. this is the revived show, the last thing they want to do is really fundamentally change that dynamic, right? You want to bring back the old dynamic. And so mm -hmm. you get these episodes, but they cannot result in really Rimmer changing. No, and that's it. I mean, you know, the, the, the fact that he does find out that his brother lied and made this stuff up, but that should fundamentally change him. That should, you know, change his approach to actually then maybe I'm not so bad or something else. But like you say, it doesn't. It's just played for a joke. Because um, mm -hmm. I also get other I also have other questions about because um, you find that his brother is also a hologram, um, you know, died in action or whatever. Um, and he is joined by a simulant, um, a, a sort of a you know, sort of a, a simulant from the other ship. They are the lone survivors, and all I'm thinking is, well, why bring back Howard Rimmer then? Right. What what drove the ship's computer or this simulant to bring back Howard Rimmer? Then when he could have brought back, they could have brought back some sort of scientist or the captain or whatever. Surely <laughs> there's a, a protocol for that. So yeah, so even even then, it feels a bit like because Rimmer was brought back with a purpose. You know, well, to keep in, Dave in, sane. Yeah, you know, and although Holly may have made a bad choice, um, that's debatable. But he brought back with a purpose. But then see that his his brother Howard was brought back. I'm a little bit like, well, what for? What purpose? Like, um, and again, I'm just nitpicking, you know. But that's what, no. Again, I mean, that makes sense. These are good points. Um, you know, and there there, there are parts in this this episode that I like, um, but. Yeah, as an opener, I have to admit, I remember the first time I watched this, I remember watching this first episode and feeling worried, thinking, oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, oh, this this may not be, you know, this may be what I fear it could have been. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, the whole thing with, with Dave, Lister, with Lister being on the phone the entire thing, trying to get through to get to get himself a Sturmaster. Um, you know, it's it's funny, but... okay. It's okay, but like but I'm not, thinking again. No, but then I'm thinking like, well, who's he calling? Uh huh. They're in three. Right. They're three million years into deep space. How is he getting passed between departments? Like, who is this company, this organization that's going to send him a bloody Sturmaster three million years into deep space? We don't even know the human race exists. Are these just droids yeah. that are continuing to produce this tat for QVC? Um, See, so I like it, that yeah, idea. But I don't know where yeah. that commercial is coming from. Like, it seems as if they, you know, look, in both 10 and 11, every episode they run into another ship. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just a thing that happens. And I thought that that commercial was coming from the other ship. And no, I mean, it, it's not. No. You know, I, I mean, it, it's kind of, it, it, uh, it is unclear to me who is on the phone. Um, yeah, I, it never makes sense to me, and if to, by the end, it's beca it becomes a little grating. Um, yeah. Um, the the funnier thing is the moose joke. Yes. Um, yeah. Right. Rimmer you know, fails what, his test, and you know. Uh, yeah. But you know, because this there's this question about uh, you know how did this uh, person in in Sweden, I believe, die uh, in in the in the nineteen seventies. Right, and and listeners <laughs> happen to have read this uh, bit of trivia about how many moose deaths they had. Yeah. I, the bit with the cat saying, you know, 
well, you know, why do you let the moose drive? <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was, you know, well, yeah. oh, he wasn't driving. Well, you know, if you pick up a moose, you, what do you expect? I think all of yeah. that stuff works works very well too. Yeah, the moose stuff yeah. was good. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. So there's bits in this episode that really work, but um... I remember being annoyed, and I still am a little by the like glitz, the um, resentment uh, glitz, you know, glitch mm. that uh, you know that kind of like being frozen in this like face as rain, your eyes go rainbow. You know, I mean, it's fine. It's a nitpick. It's just, you know, that kind of irritating. But I like the concept of how Mm. tortured Arnold Rimmer is by resentment. You know, that at one point, uh, (laughs) Crichton refers to it as, you know, you're suffering from self-created malware. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, I love how resentful he is. And then, you know, that you, I love that you find that Howard is that resentful too. And that... Mm. You know, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, recently, recently there was a there was a news report that uh, Donald Trump's kids said that when he uh, when they were little, you know, they would go skiing and he would sort of trip them and make them fall in the snow in their skis (sighs) in order to win and get to the bottom faster. Um, There's something about this rumor story of like. Yes, we were supposed to be this aristocratic family, but we were bred to be so competitive. But in truth, we were all stupid. We we all know we're flawed. Yeah. That I really like, despite all the. Pro- I mean, I agree. It's not a great episode, but no, I do like that. And if you were to find out that that, that was the case, um, if anything, you, I suppose you could argue as well that it actually gives Acerum a more. Um, validity you know that even even in mm-hmm. the face of it you know he actually was managed to stand up and actually in, in some reality or actually even in this reality because obviously this isn't the rimmer that we know from series one through um one through seven um this is i i, I always assume this is a hologram version of the one we met in series eight um right right interesting um, yeah i sort of ignore uh, that completely but you're right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to ignore it, but it, when I got to sort of again, like going back, we got back to back to Earth. I was like, no, no, he's now a hologram again. I've got a in my head cannon. I'm adjusting that. If everything's taken place, then at some point after Series Eight, he died. There's nothing there, but I couldn't find anything. But that's what happens to me. He died and was brought back again as a hologram. Um, I assume yeah. that too. I just don't. I just think no. Okay, we've restored the status quo. But you're right. It's yeah. the reboot the R- Rimmer who you know has not gone off and become A's. Yeah, and that's why he is. He he feels like that Rimmer from earlier seasons. You know, he's still the you know the sort of up the ziggurat lickety split sort of everything stickety boo kind of sort of <laughs> that Rimmer. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's 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 an average episode, but it it, it you know it it didn't. It didn't land for me in many ways. That's fair. Um, um, Fathers and Sons, though, uh, the next episode two, um, revisits... It's weird that it, it revisits one of the things that I sort of hated most about season seven. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm like... But it sort of, in doing so, there are jokes in this that I laugh at, that I kind of like. I like the fact, you know... Um, 
I think the payoff at the end is a bit silly and stuff, but I like the the video, the sort of the video interactions of Lister with himself. Yeah. Um, is is really well done, and again, it's sort of some good comedy timing and some really good editing. Um, but yeah, the, the the idea that actually every he gets himself blind drunk and writes himself a Father's Day card the year before, so that he can't remember what he put in, and then Crichton delivers it to him a year later, so he can receive a Father's Day card and can't remember what was put into it. Like, there's little bits like that that I think are quite funny. Um, and when he sort of... Uh, there's a great interaction, which feels like classic dwarf, between sort of R- R- Rimmer and Lister, when um, Rimmer's sort of saying, like, oh, no, he is, you know, he's a, he's a, he is a good father. He's sort of done this and that. He says, well, is he, though? You know, you're, you're, I think your, your father's a bit of a bastard. Like, he left you under <laughs> a pool table and abandoned you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, this other stuff. It's sort of like, you know, he didn't leave you with anything. And then he's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's not a good father, is he? Um, <laughs> and I, that, that that interaction, and there's sort of like a, sm- a smirk on sort of Rimmer's face when he's done it, of sort of like, oh, it's a nice little dig in there. I like that. Um, yeah, all that sort of stuff works uh, in this episode. I think there are some good bits in it. It's sort of like, almost like the B-plots that sort of like, again, the, the stuff with Pre sort of, you know, yeah. it runs its course. It runs its course very quickly. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, that is the. I, I don't think it's terrible, but it is the weakest part. Um, mm. I mean, I, I, you know, just much as I think, like, look, again, not a great episode, but you know, there are things that I admire about both of these episodes in the same way that I feel that, like, you know, Howard is. Why didn't they do this? This would have been mm. such a great version of that story. Um, this is so much better than Ouroboros. I mean, when we yes. talk about Ouroboros, it is a mess. And, yes. and it doesn't come off. It wants to be clever. This is taking that same idea and having a lot of good fun with it. And yeah. it works. And, you know, it, it's drugged down by the pre-stuff. But... Um, you know, and it doesn't really amount to anything. Again, it's sort of like the previous episode. And and we've seen this in a lot of episodes where, like, you know, a character learns something and they seem to have fundamentally changed at the end. And then they're right back to their usual self, you know. And some mm-hmm. of that is, you know, the, the formula returning to the status quo. But it seems as if these first two episodes really have that problem because at the end, you know, uh, here... Um, you know, much as sort of like, uh, you know, back to Earth, uh, Lister should be changed by these events, but he's not. Still, I mean, I'll defend this as taking this idea from Ouroboros, you know, not running away from it and doing something really hilarious and fascinating with it. Mm. No, I agree. I agree. I think this almost, this episode makes that, you know, like that, it's terrible in, in the series seven seven episode. It really is dreadful. But this almost like this this improves that. It makes that thing better by having this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, like I said, they have fun with it. It's they've taken the idea and instead of sort of focusing in on sort of you know the um, they try and get deep into the meta side of it. They do just have this idea of like, well, how would Dave deal with that? Like, what would he do with it? And so to have this idea of sort of like the uh, the Father's Day stuff, and then for him to have those father son react interactions, uh, but with him and his drunk self, um, yeah, 
just really good. Like the videos, where he's, especially you know, he has this video that he's, he's recorded whilst drinking, and he sort of you know woke up with a hangover and he can't remember anything he's done. And it's these sections of like, right, well, I've done, I've I've signed you up. Um, you know, I think I can imagine lots of fathers and sons have sort of had these interactions with a lot. You're not doing anything with your life, Dave. You've, you know, you've got good skills. You should be doing something. You're, you know, you're wasting your life. I've signed you up for this. And it's sort of like, you know, so go off and go first. It's like, go to the dentist, go do this. Oh, no, I'm not going to not do that. So he fast forwards to the uh, the next segment. It's like, you didn't listen, did you, Dave? You didn't, listen. You didn't do <laughs> yeah. as I said. I know you've skipped forward. Go do it. And it's just like, it's so, it's just, it's, um, the dialogue is pitch perfect. Um, yeah. and, and Craig Charles plays it brilliantly. So, um, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a highlight in this, and so I would say that this is this is a definite improvement on Trojan um, for me. Um, I, I enjoy this episode much more. Um, yeah, well, I think I think that that business with uh, him being you know the, with the video culminates in uh, you know himself as the father in the video uh, having thrown the guitar out of an airlock, and and it has this kind of like future <laughs> echoes thing of like. That could not happen. I know this could not happen. And then sort of pulling the carpet out from under the viewer. Um, yeah. Because, the, you know, you see the guitar and it's two-dimensional. It's all, you know, it's a fake. <laughs> and uh, and then the Sun Lister, I mean, the Lister, our Lister, having sobered up, yeah. storms out and says, like, you never understood me, father. <laughs> and that is just one of the great moments. Uh and and I like the you know there's also this running gag about uh, the vending machines doing Siamese whispers, um, yes, or Chinese whispers, you Chinese know, whispers, which, you know, which winds up being do Siamese sisters get whiskers and stasis? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which you know this is a clever joke. It's it's more clever than funny, but uh, you know I, I I like there's a there's a trend in both of these seasons that I I like sort of the vending machine jokes. I like the ant- robot jokes i agree with that I, I like the fact that the vending machines have sort of come back as a bit of a, a thing um and um because early on they sort of they would they would talk but not to this degree um but yeah i like the fact that they've, they've got characters and they've almost got like relationships with some of them as well they, they have <laughs> later on and, yeah um i i like that that they've got personalities and things yeah it, it worked that that element actually works quite well um and is uh, you know is a new it's a new dynamic to it that actually is is pretty funny. Um, I can't remember if it's in this one or whatever, but the ones where where Dave sort of um, is trying to sort of prove that he still can be sort of alluring and sort of you know he says oh, oh, oh yeah. okay, so case that's uh, yeah you're looking you're looking really shiny you're looking really good. And she's <laughs> sort of like he was he was touch he was touching my you know my, my logo. logo. Yeah, he had his hand on my logo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I may have brushed it, but I didn't do it on purpose. And she's like, "You're such a, you know, you're you're always doing this." He's like, "It's, it's yeah." Some of that stuff's yeah, really good. And see, um, I think that's in uh, season eleven. Oh. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I do like that they they sort of expand on these things. Um, but again, like I say, this, this is a, a good solid sort of Lister episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the priests. The, the, the only thing I do like about pre. Is when she's like, I've done all the repairs, Arnold. 
And he's like, excellent. That's fantastic. And then they go and see it and it's an absolute disaster. And, uh, you know, could really damage the ship. And she's like, well, I, you know, I anticipated because she's able to predict the future. Sort of, and it's almost like Cassandra again, isn't it? So it makes it like right. Queeg and Cassandra. Yeah. Um, and uh, that thing of like she's predicted how he, how badly he would do the maintenance and repairs. So she's just done a really like bad job of it as well. Um, I, I think things like that are quite. And he's like, well, that's this is quite embarrassing, actually. Really, <laughs> sort of like, do you point it out to me? Um, <laughs> I, that, that's the only bit in it I, I kind of like, um, you know, because then the end of it is sort of um, her becoming sort of going a bit hell, you know, hell 9000, sort of like, well, I'm going to have to kill you all off sort of thing. Um, and then he, she she has to be out sort of like, de- or defeated by logic. Um, right. With the so, fall, which ties into the fall or something. I mean, I know hmm. what you're saying, like, you know, that's a, I like her predictive technology. I like mm. these sort of like, oh, you know, here's what you're going to say. Then you're going to say this. And now you are free to not have this conversation. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I do like the sort of logic of that and the attitude of that. Um, and, and I do like the conversation about, you know, selecting her attributes and, you know, make her young, make her have big breasts. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good gag. Um, but, you know, but oh, no, it doesn't matter. But uh, but then this thing about like um, that she did what Rimmer would have done. It's not followed through in the episode because she's not no. doing what Rimmer would do. She's quite competent other than that business. Um, you know, she's competent enough to chase Dave around the ship and, you know, force him out an airlock. So, I mean, it's just kind of dropped. And it's it's an interesting mm. idea. It's a clever idea. But, you know. Even that, the the pre-storyline can't quite get right. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's what I think about this. It's sort of like every episode, and we'll get with once we get through them. Every episode sort of feels like, um, you know, pretty good, but you know yeah. what I mean. It's like oh, it's it's pretty good, but you know, we, we, when we go back to some of the other earlier episodes, like you know, they're, when they're when they're firing on all cylinders. Like you don't do that. You're just so absorbed in the in, in the whole thing that you know. And I think we said this before. Like you know, we've we've been harsher, or we've been sorry, we've been a lot less harsh on episodes where there were clearly flaws, but we've mm-hmm. really enjoyed them because they've worked. And then like other episodes where they don't quite work as well, like you point out, you know, uh, nitpicky things that would still exist in other episodes, but they right. just don't work. And I feel that's the same with this. Like you can nitpick on these quite a lot. Yes, because they don't because they're not gelling quite right. Um, True. I mean, you know, and I and but I think that there's less to nitpick. I mean, I think that again, you know, I mean, there are problems, but I will defend what they're trying to do. Um, mm. And I think actually, you know, the next episode, Lemons, uh, always reminds me of the the JFK episode, which yes, is, which is not a good episode but which I sort of defended as brave and interesting and it doesn't really work, but they, I have an instinct to say, wow, that's really amazing that they did that. It's sort of the same way of like, oh, well, that's an amazing Blade Runner bit there, but there mm. that gets in the way of the main story. Whereas here I feel like, oh, you know, you did a time travel story about Jesus, you know, Two thumbs up, man. You know, like yeah. that's amazing. Yes, I, I do. You know what 
there are parts of this episode that this is one of those episodes again where I'm sort of like I, I really enjoy most of it. Um, but um, yeah, it's a brave it's a it's a brave episode. I also like the uh, the way it ends, you know, because you also mm. get an inkling into sort of like uh, Rimmer's family uh, religion, uh, and so you get you get you get a Jesus, um, and I like the way he's introduced as well, which is quite clever. Um, yeah, but this yeah. idea that Ju- Judas was actually Jesus's twin brother and had sacrificed himself and all this other stuff, um, you know, they really are sort of like. In, Pointing, you know, putting the poke, poking the stick into Christianity in this one, and I think it's quite interesting. Um, but again, like you know, it's, it's, it, we're sort of falling into um, what I would sort of say is we've seen it a few times. It's like the Simpsons effect, isn't it? Like, okay, the, the episode starts in this place and it's going to go somewhere completely different. Like this episode mm-hmm. ends up with a rejuvenation shower. That's the point. Um, a flat pack rejuvenation. Yeah, is this isn't it? the flat pack rejuvenation shower that they get wrong. Um, yeah, uh, sends them back in time, and so basically that's sort of like a you know um, just an instigator for the main plot. But you you, you got no idea what, if you didn't know what this was about. You got no idea where this is going to go. Um, right. You know when it starts. And it is it's quite good fun actually in this episode, and it's sort of like you know they keep making these daft jokes and the idea that when they do go back in time, they do land in sort of Britain and then have to walk halfway around the world to find lemons. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what are your thoughts. Well, I mean, I think that switch from from Britain to to India is, is strange. I mean, you know, there again, it's that kind of you know what you call the Simpsons thing, um, you know. I think that, you know, Lister says, you know, Jesus as an exclamation and you hear, you know, yes, from behind him, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, I, I guess this was made after Da Vinci Code got big and Da Vinci Code kind of stood, stole everything from Holy Blood, Holy Grail. So, mm. you know, the whole idea of Jesus might have been switched on the cross. You know, I mean, that's discussed extensively in Holy Blood, Holy Grail, along with the Mary Magdalene stuff. Um, and then, of course, you know, like the, the India theory is kind of like a hippie theory, right? That he he got these, you know, the blessed are the meek idea from, mm. you know, I mean, you know, we'll go into the, the Judas thing. But, I mean, I just think it's a lot of fun to see Jesus on Red Dwarf. Uh, you know, I mean, you, they actually take him back uh, with them to the future. Uh, and then, um, uh, and then Jesus saying that uh, he's horrified by what Christianity has become and how yeah. many people have died in his name. And he just wants to go back and ruin it, make sure this doesn't happen. I mean, that's very gutsy. And, and of course, oh, yeah. by the end, I mean, and, and I think it's entirely appropriate. I mean, certainly anyone who, what we remember is like the Beatitudes, the stuff that people really praise Christianity for, because um, other religions can be draconian, but that stuff was, yeah. was pretty novel. Um, that Jesus is not a guy who's going to be like, ah, you know, the Crusades and uh, killing gay people. Yeah, that was, that was a good work, humanity. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
So, I mean, but of course, the, the show gets out of it by that was a different Jesus, right? It's, it's not Jesus of Nazareth. Um, no, <laughs> Jesus is a common name, quite a common name in the Middle East at this time. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that. And, uh, yeah, there are certain jokes and stuff, I think, that, that play with it quite well. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, he starts out in that sort of like, he is almost like on a, a gap year or whatever, and he's out there <laughs> um, with with his, you know, with his friends. Like, you know, he is, whether he's Jesus of Nazareth or not, he is a known, he, he appears to be like a known, um, you know, individual within this, within this Indian town or this Indian city, or whatever, you know, he's been chased down by soldiers. Um, and so he has some sort of, you know, I'm assuming he has some sort of notoriety and he is sort of, uh, you know, spouting these sort of, uh, these Christian ideas, uh, early Christian ideas and stuff. So it's, mm-hmm. sort of, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like I say, it's quite brave stuff. Like you say, to be saying, Oh yeah, yeah now they're going to, um, um, you know, now we're basically going to show him that, yeah, all these ideas that you you've had, this idea of peace and acceptance and turning the cheek, all going to be corrupted. All of his goals <laughs> have turned into complete mush. And let's say to, for him to sort of have that reaction uh, of going back, and he's like, "No, I'm, I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to fornicate, and then I'm going to build a statue <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to idolize it a little bit." And sort of, um, no, it's yeah, it is. It's quite it's quite good stuff actually. Yeah, and even though that winds up not being, you know, the real quote-unquote Jesus, um, you know, when he's in that, like, I'm going to misbehave uh, segment there, you know, mm-hmm. he makes this speech about how, you know, why are you telling me I'm breaking the Ten Commandments? God breaks the Ten Commandments all the time, which, of course, is quite true. I mean, the response to that yeah. could be, well, those are commandments for us, right? Obviously, you know, yeah. but but God is a jealous God, you know, and says so. Um, you know, and, and Jesus points out, you know, those Ten Commandments don't seem to care about women and slaves. Um, yeah. You know, all quite I, right, you know. I, I like the woman's reaction, though. He's like, he murders tens, you know, thousands of people. And he's like, no, that's not murder. That's genocide. I think they're different. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, it's the Hitler yeah. thing, right? I mean, you kill enough people and it's okay again, right? Yeah. People you, 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 just, you, you, you seem to move up a category. Um, no, I don't, you know, it's, but there's, again, there, there are simple things in this, like, you know, the, the introduction of the bag, which, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's really silly of him, but he goes back into, he goes into the future and almost in order to ground him, all he wants is sort of, is a bag, like all this amazing technology and things and sort of around him and, yeah, it's um, there's some clever bits in this. This is, you know, three episodes in, and I'm like, right, they are still retreading old ground a little bit, but they seem mm-hmm. to be they're getting a something. They get slightly sharper with it, and I think this is again, um, you know, Trojan was all right, Fathers and Sons was 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 good and had some great moments. This I'm sort of I'm laughing at. Um, I would say I'm laughing at you know more so than the previous two. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know how how funny I I, I find this, but I I do think it's clever. I do like, mm. you know, it, it's the kind of stuff where I where I think, oh, I see what you're doing, and I, I'll defend this. Um, you know, you know, the bag joke is good. There's another little bit that you know, ironically, is kind of predicting you know a, a kidney plot in season eleven. But you know, Crichton says out of nowhere. 
where they're talking about Jesus having a kidney stone. And Greitens says, oh, I've been operating on Mr. Lister for years. <laughs> you know, and Lister's horrified. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I had, you know, the commanding officer Rimmer's permission. And then you find out, you know, Lister has discovered his own organs at the beginning of the episode and cooked them and Kat has taken them and eaten them. Um, yeah. And of course, this is not seriously in continuity. I mean, but it is no. so ghoulish and so um, just horrific. Um, it just it, It's just a little aside. It's not important to the show, but but it really goes there. And that's much more... That's my kind of humor. Uh, yeah. It's so terrible. Well, again, it sort of it goes back into sort of, um, you know, that retreading of things that have gone before. So sort of like Crichton's molly coddling and mothering of, of Lister and how it, get, it gets into sort of creepy territory. Yeah. Um, but th- this notion that he waits for him to go to sleep and then drugs him so that, you know, he basically sedates him and then does, you know, performs operations on him. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's really wonderful. Uh, yeah, and that's where I think this is good. Because, again, it's just a little aside. It's not a major point. It's just sort of a little explanation. Um, and so, yeah, I do I do sort of think it's good. Um, and, again, like, Crichton gets some good reactions. Like, you know, again, sort of slight nods to things that have gone before because they, they travel all the way to India to get some lemons and they're like, right, what do we need next? And they're like, uh, well, we need copper. He's like, okay, well, isn't Britain... Weirdly, Kat says, well, isn't isn't Britain known for its copper? Right. And Crichton's like... <clears throat> Crichton's just instant sort of rage of like, we needed a shopping list. I told you we needed a shopping list. We wouldn't have had this problem if we'd had a shopping list. Um, You know, again, sort of to me, harkens back to the sort of, I forget the name of the episode, but the one in series seven where his head keeps exploding, sort of like that, that rage he sort of oh, right. pent up inside. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying this episode. <clears throat> I, I'm slightly more reassured about the series. Yeah. What do you make of uh, the next one, Entangled? Um, Entangled is... Again, you know, it's, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, again, it goes, it goes to this thing of sort of like them just coming across people randomly, um, and and things, and the fact that like gelfs are so sort of widely spread now that they should just be an alien race. Um, it's it's all right. Um, it. It feels like it should have stakes, but it doesn't. You know, it's sort of like he's got that. You, you know, he's going to get out of it. The, the, so basically, like Lister has a, a a device, an explosive device attached to his crotch. Um, I don't know. This this one just feels a little bit thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like it has the sort of the a plot is that this thing of sort of like you know they've got to pay off the Gelfs because um, he's lost Rimmer in a in a in a poker game. Um, which is quite a funny joke, you know. He's lost potentially lost uh, Starbug as well, um, but then it's sort of um, that a plot of doing that is fine. But then they, this whole thing of sort of the quantum entanglement between Crichton and, and Cat, yeah, seems Why is that just even really. There? I don't know. It, I, 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 it's one of those things of like throughout the episode, I'm thinking I, I think I've missed something. 
I really think I've missed something as to why this is important. And it never really sort of feels like it pays off. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's again, it's a similar thing of like the A plot is fine. You know, they go and they find this idea of, um, you know, a bad idea scientist that you, you mm-hmm. know, that you took, develop bad ideas to see, you know, if they can make good ideas and stuff. Um, it feels, you know, it, it feels like it should be a good idea. Um, but it never quite, it, there's, there's, a, there's even like a, a really small thing in this, this episode that, that really bothers me, but it never, sort of, this is an episode that never gels. Like it, all the bits never sort of fit together. Um, they get a scientist. They, they meet this, this person who seems to have devolved, de-evolved themselves into a chimp. Um, into an yeah. ape, and then they obviously re-evolve them, which I'm fine with. And she's very, you know, um, she seems entertaining, and she's, you know, she's she's pretty attractive, really. So that's all great. But she's supposed to be a dimwit, and they show that by the fact she wears she constantly wears her glasses upside down, right? And I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the evolution ray thing is not great either. Uh, I mean, it's no. not funny. And it's also, I mean, we've seen it before. It's a stupid thing that, you know, you know, you can de-evolve somebody. I mean, okay. You know, I mean, and and then the whole idea is that she will choose wrongly. So you get her to kind of like eliminate the possibilities in order to turn off the groinal exploder. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean... I'm not buying it. I mean, I know it's like the synchronicity thing. I think the only reason you have this entanglement idea is to justify coincidences. But I think that you're, you know, I'm a lot more down on the A plot than you are. Um, I think right from the very beginning, you have not seen Lister gamble. Mm. Lister just kind of wakes up and says, Oh, you know, I've I've gambled away Starbug and I've gambled away Rimmer. And I think, okay, so when you gamble, you pony these things up, you know, you you don't assume that if somebody says, Well, you know, I lost the car last night at poker, that the car's sitting in the driveway and they're supposed to deliver it. So why were we not shown this? And then we're told information, which is false information, because he hasn't lost Rimmer. He's supposed to deliver Rimmer. You know, the groinal exploder is, you know, I mean, it's fine. It's it's Red Dwarf silliness. You know, that's fine. But, you know, they tr- this joke of trying to exchange Rimmer, you know, for the spoon of destiny, you know, which especially coming off of the Jesus episode, you know, the spear of destiny. Mm. Uh, you know, this is fine. Um, I actually, I love the erroneous reasoning Academy, you know, that tries to be wrong to spur discovery since so many discoveries were based on error. I think this is a great idea. This is the one thing that I remember from the season. Um, and I love that, but I was shocked watching this episode that they do nothing with it. And yeah. as much as like, I, I want to like the professor, uh, Irene Edgington, all they do with her is have her guess numbers and know that through process of elimination, can't be that one, golly gee, except then it is at the end. So it's like, okay, that's not funny. It's not very successful. 
And then she, I mean, I guess it's mildly clever that she sort of, um, uh, you know, accidentally uh, gets stuck in the airlock and then accidentally pushes the button that throws herself out of it. But then, you know, the episode ends so abruptly that it's sort of like, well, okay, I get it. You can't have uh, Lister be the last human if you've got her around. Um, But it just all seems like, uh, you know, sound and fury, you know, indicating nothing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the the ending to me also throws some... um... You know, again, it comes back to these character things, like it's things are throwaway. But look, the fact, yeah, she she is shot into space. Like, let's not forget, she is killed outright at the end of this episode. <laughs> yes. You know, like not 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 you know in any way sort of like taken out. No, she is killed outright, and we know that there's been a whole thing about again. In fact, it's going to come up in the next <laughs> flaming episode about Dave not contributing to the human race and all this other stuff. Yet he makes no advances to this woman to say, um, you know, really, we're the last humans alive. We've seen him do that before. He just lets it slide because mm-hmm. Rimmer's making sort of eyes at her. Um, and then when she dies, they're both a bit like, meh, oh, well, that seems to happen. Um, well, they know, know that they're going to return to the status quo. I mean, it, you're, you make an excellent point about uh, Lister. But, I mean, don't you just feel at the end like, it's just the writers going like, well, we, you know, we got to kill her. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Like, she's got to go. But it, it just feels like such an abrupt yeah. um, way. And for them to not really have any emotion or any sort of feel about mm-hmm. it, it just feels really sort of like, I know we've said about them being sort of, um, um, you know, despicable people are willing to show them in, in, in a negative light. But this ending, and this is one of those weird things we've said before about sort of so how some episodes don't seem to match up. But the ending of this episode of her being flushed into space and killed to then be followed, um, to then be followed by an episode where Dave is mourning the loss of the human race. Yeah, uh, and stuff like you're like, oh no, well you had someone from the human race <laughs> not long ago, and you didn't seem too bothered about them being flushed out into space. Like you know, um, one of the things I think about, and I think about it more as I watch this series, I think about other sitcoms uh, and how they handle things around continuity, and I think about American sitcoms in particular. I mean, mm-hmm. if I was to hold up, say, sort of like Friends or The Big Bang Theory, um, you know, and they're a very different beast. I understand that. And, Please you know, don't, by elements. the way. Please don't. No, no, I mean. but, no. <laughs> but the the point the point to make is that although they are a sitcom and they, they, they're based around comedy, is the fact that a lot of the relationships and the things that, that happen are you know, they, they have continuity. They, they exist within that time, you know, within that sort of mythos. Um, but with this, like, you know, I get that basically, and this seems to be more of a British thing uh, for, for many sitcoms, is just sort of like, this happened, it ended, we moved on to the next thing, and they may not gel very well, but at least they were trying to be funny with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I get that, but there's part of me that's like, I think, again... 
more could be done with this this concept of them being in space. And the whole the whole I'm getting to a point, especially since we had series eight, and I actually enjoyed series eight more rewatching it than I did possibly the first time round. I'm now going back and thinking, no, when you were doing that, it was good. <laughs> when you were doing that thing where there was continuity and there was consequences and you know things were being sort of um you know were, were sort of carrying on and, and that thing that was good you were sort of expanding you were sort of maturing it was getting good this sort of feels almost like some of it's good but it's a step back into an era of sitcom that we've passed um and, and, and i'm sort of feeling it a little bit in some of these episodes yeah, I think you're right. And I think you make the, the point about the end of the episode better than I would. I think that, you know, the point of them not having an emotional reaction, I just watch it and I think, you know, there's sort of like a moment where I think, did they really just kill her? Is she really, <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing that I think is, I don't know, I, I, I just, and then I, I that occurs to me and then I think, oh, well, that was just to get rid of her, you know, end credits. I'm, it never occurs to me like, well, we should have that emotional reaction. And that could actually play into some of those themes of the next episode of kind of mourning for the human race. Um, but I mean, you're entirely correct about this. It also, um, you know, it also occurs to me like there's no attempt to save her. I mean, we have literally seen, like in the previous episode, Dave going outside the ship and being stuck outside the ship. And, you know, now he's in a suit. But with all of their technology, it's just like, oh, she just literally just got blown out the airlock. One, you know, nobody says we've got to get her. You know, we've got like a minute before she, you know, or, or three minutes or whatever before she dies. They're just like, oh, well. Guess she's gone, you know, and and the emphasis is that Arnold won't get to have sex with her because she had just consented to have sex. That's a joke. She's an object to be thrown out of an airlock as a joke. I mean, and she is as far as the plot goes, right? I mean, I'm not Mm -hmm. making a, a serious, you know, I'm not hitting it too much for sexism, but it's more important that Arnold isn't going, almost got laid, but didn't, than that he died. Yeah, and and I think it's sort of. I'm not saying it's a crude joke or that. Like you know, it's fine. Um, but I don't know. It it just again, it sort of feels um, short sighted. Is is probably the way I'd put it. You know, it, feel, it just feels short sighted. Um, and, and, and sort of, you know, I, I, maybe maybe it's because I have such rose-tinted glasses towards some of those earlier episodes. And this this, this thing exists then. Um, but seeing it now, you know, with these newer episodes, it just seems a bit more obvious. But it sort of feels the whole thing sort of with, with Dear Dave. That sort of, you know, this thing of missing the human race and um, then the sort of the coincidence of he gets a letter sort of saying he may or may not be the father to someone, um, you know, that that's interesting. And again, it's sort of like, well, we, we've just sort of, but we, you know, we've, we've highlighted that you are your own father. So <laughs> we've already had a sort of a father, a father thing, but I understand this missing the human race. It's sort of like, you know, the, the, the world is, is lost. Um, 
and so you know and it, but I do like this idea of if um, this letter appearing into the you know the far reaches of space um, and saying like you know before you left this has happened and you've never known about it um, you know again like say how would, how would you deal with that like because you, you could be like yeah that was three million years ago I'm not really that I'm not going to worry about it a great deal or you know, in Dave's case, he's like, well, yeah, but I could have had a great, great, great grandson who was a doctor and changed the world or done this. That I could have contributed in some small way. And to him, that feels important. And so I kind of like that about him that he's like, look, I wanted to have done something rather than be stuck here in this spaceship for, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, I don't know. So what, what, are you, what do you think of this, this, this idea in, in Dear Dave? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those cases where, you know, I feel as if the show is repeating things and it's, at least in those earlier episodes, I could just sort of defend that they're doing something with a bit more cleverness or there's a new spin on it, you know, with with Howard and things like this. I think that, you know, uh, with Dear Dave, I think, A, we've had this episode before. That starts with uh, Lister's depressed, right? Isn't it mm. blue? Um, that sort of starts like that, and that's that's the main thing. Um, yeah. So I think okay, we've we've done this before. Um, then this whole thing of like I like the letter business. Basically, all the letter business sort of works for me. I like this idea. It it's kind of a callback to those letters arriving where you know you and I were joking. You know they clearly don't have email. But, yeah. you know, at this point, it, it's charming, right, that you're getting this snail mail and that they sort through it, you know, competing and looking. I mean, there's charm to that. But, you know, this thing about him wanting to feel as if he accomplished something. Well, you know, we've gone through, first of all, he's been proud of being the last human before. Ouroboros, mm. which we just sort of referenced and 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 legitimized in some way was all about you know winds up having him sort of being insanely proud about being the last human and how he in in creating himself leaving himself in a box was ensuring humanity would survive forever which makes absolutely no sense but you know how i mean if you had a child maybe that child did something they're all dead now. There was three million. You know, yeah. I keep thinking like that kid's been dead for three million years. This is a curiosity. I understand why you'd want to have had the child. That's more interesting. It's kind of cool to think that he lived and, and what happened there. But it's all academic at this point. You did not accomplish mm. something because they all died. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't parent that child. No. <laughs> even and this was the sort of the thought that sort of sprang to me was like, even if it was your sort of like genetic lineage, that's fine. And if if you did have a grandson that became a doctor, or even your son became a doctor, like that's not down to you, right? <laughs> you know that you didn't parent him or raise him or educate him or anything else. Like you know that's just because he had a he happened to have a, a you know the the life that led him there. Um. So, I don't know, they, I think when writing this, I think they feel there's more emotion involved in this. I find it interesting that Dave goes there. I think, you know, to, for him to have to deal with that. 
But I think they do think there's more emotion involved in this than there actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they think, oh, there's, there's definitely something here. Um, you know, it's... Well, I mean, it, in the same way, this whole thing of... Like, there's a there's a good bit where Kat is saying, um, you know, because there's a... The letter says, I don't really know if you're the father. It might be Roy... And Lister remembers Roy. And, you know, there's a good bit where the cat says, you know, like, don't think about her with Roy and goes into great <laughs> detail. And I think, okay, it's a good bit. It's funny. It's one of the, the funny bits of this episode. But, you know, and I also think, well, we've seen Cat do this before, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it always works, you know, to one degree or another. This works well. But even the jokes that are working well there, we've we've seen before um but there again it's like well why would you why you know we to my knowledge we haven't heard of this woman before why are you so jealous that Mm. this woman who's not kachansky who by the way you're not out looking for despite you know back to earth you know oh remember that old girlfriend she might be pregnant and i'm so mad that she cheated on me They've all been dead for three million years, man. And you haven't, you know, you're not looking for Kachansky who you could find. I don't know. No, I agree. I mean, uh, you, you're right about the, the cat because the whole thing there with the, you know, with the image of her being with this Roy is is very reminiscent of duck soup, isn't it? In his claustrophobia and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's... It feels meaningless, doesn't it, really? I mean, because even if he wasn't, let's face up to it, if, even if he wasn't three million years into deep space, the Lister that we would have met early on, in fact, even now, I'm not entirely sure he would have stepped up as a father. You know, he was on the mining ship Red Dwarf, he was going off into deep, he was going off to do that for whatever purpose, and then he, even if he'd have found out, what was he going to do? Go home and support her? Like, you know, I, I, I don't feel that that... For all the stuff we've said about Lister being a stand-up guy, would he have done that? Could he have done that? I don't know. It never sort of feels valid, does it? Like, you know... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not the dad type. Mm. You know? What I do love, what stands out for me about this episode, what I absolutely love about the episode and it and it... I, I think this is a lackluster episode. I don't especially care about this episode. I mean, I like the uh, the letter business is fine. What absolutely stands out for me, what's memorable, are the vending machines. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and this uh, Lister, this is the one where you were referencing earlier that Lister hits on the vend bar machine. And then there's the hot it's... drink dispenser that, you know, well, actually, Lister hits on the French hot drink dispenser. The Vendabar machine is jealous, you know, and she says, you know, she's such a trashy machine. Is that what you like, Dave? <laughs> you know, and then it, it, you know, Dave apologizes, you know, takes her around the corner and it ultimately, you know, maybe goes a little too far, not because Dave seems to be humping it, but because my objection is that he has accidentally knocked this over and he's trying to pull it up from on top of it which lets Arnold turn yeah. the corner and see. So, I mean, I don't buy that, but it is a kind of funny gag that Arnold's looking for, 
you know, a moment of insanity and sees him pumping a vending machine. So, I mean, the vending machines are the standout for me, even more than the, the maybe I had a child. Yes. No, I agree with that. Because I do like the moment she sort of, you know, he's sort of convinced this vending, this female voice vending machine, you know, he, he would, you can give her anything she wants, you know, to sort of, to uh, for this, whatever purpose. And all she wants to do is see around the corner. Um, and um, I like the, when he does knock her down, her, the vending machine director's like, I've never seen the ceiling before. Um, so yeah, the, you know, it's, 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 it's okay. Um, I'd forgotten you, you mentioned about sort of the, the, the B plot of, um, this thing of, of Rimmer being demoted because of, he hasn't turned up to work for 3 million years. Um, again, it comes, I know they, they keep sort of harking back to this thing of sort of the space core and the JMC sort of like punishing the, you know, or having some sort of punitive action against them for something. And I'm like, who's going to enforce it? Like, what does it matter? Like, and I know there's a whole thing around status there, but even if he was to be sort of demoted, like, I don't think anybody would care. Like, it, it sort of always feels a little bit... Um, Forced you know, like, or artificial. It, artificial, yeah. It's like, you know... If he was to be demoted to, you know, um, third technician or whatever, like, like Lister, like, you know, it might actually be, it might bother um, Rimmer because of it, but nobody would treat him any different. They'd still wind him up and do all the stuff. Like it feels right. You no, know, I, I, I had thing. the same thought. You know, and the other thing is we've seen that before, right? You know, this. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's initially part of the concept that Rimmer wants to be an officer. You know, and this will come back, you know, in the 11th season with like Officer Rimmer. Mm. But, hmm. you know, again, it's like, why do they? I mean, at this point, uh, nine years have passed just be- after season eight. Right. They've mm-hmm. already been in space for like, what, six years, you know, since mm-hmm. the, you know, since they revived. Then you have another nine. So we're at least like 15 years into being alone. Yeah, I mean, why do you have any system of authority? Clearly, these are, you know, Lister doesn't obey authority anyway. Why does this matter to anyone? I agree. I mean, who's going to enforce any of this? Unless you have a computer like Pre. I mean. Yeah, but even then, you know, she's using predictive and she uses this logic. You know, I'm sure she'd struggled with that. Well, the JMC no longer exists. It's sort of three million in deep space. But, you know, yeah. Um, it's I don't know. It it's this thing around um, Rimmer wanting to become an officer, um, and or even you know protect his position as com- as um, yeah, commander of the ship because he's the highest ranking you know the rank- ranking person. Mm-hmm. It's all fine, but it it always feels sort of like it's. It's a character flaw, a personality flaw, rather than it should ever be a story piece. And when it, every time it sort of seems to crop up more and more as a story piece, um, it 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 just I don't know. It becomes tiresome, or it's becoming tiresome. I mean, if we go back to the first mm-hmm. series, you know, in some of those first episodes, it makes sense. I get it in that, you know. So the the idea of um, you know, when Lister wants to become a chef because he can outrank, um, they, in fact, they address it in the first in those first episodes. You know, he wants to become a chef so he can outrank um, right. 
list because uh, we can outrank Rimmer. Rimmer. Right. And he actually says even that, like he says, because he has the conversation with Holly. It's like it doesn't matter to me, but it matters to him. Right. Because right. He'll, have, he'll have to do as I say, and you know he says it. You will. You will do as I say because you because this stuff means something to you. But that was like I said, it was like fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. You're thinking like, does it still mean something to you? Surely, everything you've gone through, <laughs> you should have learned. But you know, but again, well, again, as I say, he hasn't learned from it because this is the new Rimmer. So, you know, could you put it down to that? This is still the the season eight, right? Rimmer that's become a new hologram. So, no, that's a good point. Except this Rimmer has been around as a hologram longer than the old Rimmer was. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I either way. Well, and the other thing is, in all of these flashbacks and, and back when the Red Dwarf was back in, in Series 8, Rimmer didn't always obey his commanding officers, right? I mean, the whole idea no. that he would obey Lister if he were captain. Rimmer also, I mean, Rimmer toadies to authority. Uh, mm. Rimmer wants authority. He craves authority and respect, and he, he toadies to authority. But he does not, in fact, obey orders. He doesn't know the regulations. We just got through an episode where pre-predicted he, he you know, bollocks up this repair. He yeah. doesn't follow the, the regulations. He doesn't follow the rules. He doesn't actually do what he's told almost ever. Mm. <laughs> no, that's true. That's very true. So, yeah, it just, it, it, it just feels sort of like um, it's a continuation of retreading old things. But mm-hmm. just not as good as it was before, um, and so it sort of feels a bit sort of like saggy and, and old and stuff at this point. And it's sort of, it, yeah. So I mean, I think, dear Dave, as I, I thought this, as I was saying, I, was saying, I think this Dave's ramps up. I'm wrong because I do, I do dislike this episode. I sort of I get <laughs> bored of it. Um, um, but I, I do. I, I will be honest. I do like the next episode. So the beginning, I do like. I do enjoy. Yeah, it. So tell think, me, think, tell me why you like this, right? Well, make your pitch. Um, yeah. I, again, I don't know. Oh, make my pitch. Um, I like the opening. I like this idea of you know they've been around so long now that actually they've started to make almost not so much friends, but they, they have acquaintances throughout this sort of sectors of space. Because the thing, as I say, is they are clearly the thing that I think is highlighted from this series as well. They are no longer trying to get home. The, you know, they're not trying to travel back to Earth. They just seem to be sort of traveling around space because they, yeah. they, you know, they they have repeat interactions with people now <laughs> rather than going on a single course back to Earth. Um, so I like this thing of when the guy sort of breaks in and he's almost like, oh, you know, the, he challenges him to a, sort of a duel across time and space, and they're like. Oh come on! Like we've done this so many times. Like you know, can we not do this? Some of the can we do something different? Or like you know, we've done this. Um, and so you know, I kind of like that. I like the fact it carries on. Um, these these what they called what's it called the the death ship um, that they come across. you know when they're in the blue midget um, and the sort of the rogue simulants or this these simulants and then sort of thing. I I don't know just sort of like it's just something different. Uh, there's an episode in season eleven we'll get to um, again where it sort of gives you sort of interactions of other characters, um, and it's a bit silly. But this sort of thing like you know the guy hands him the sword and he's like take care you know sort of like take care of it, 
and he he, he commits Harry Carey, and the guy's sort of, his commanding officer, the sort of the leader of the Simmons, is sort of like, uh, uh, no, I wanted you to polish the sword. That was the punishment. He's like, well, no, that, that wasn't really clear. Sort of what you you implied this, um, you know, and. Some of that stuff, I, I don't know. I just, I enjoy that again. That sort of interactions with those similar again, where he sort of says like, you know, so I want to be, I don't want toadying lackeys. I don't want to be surrounded by yes men. Like, the debate is the thing, and then one of them debates is like, kill him, um, <laughs> straight away. Is <coughs> I enjoy that, and I think the ending again. I think because it lands on Rimmer, and again, the whole thing of Rimmer finding out he's not, you know, his dad wasn't his dad. It is neither here nor there. I don't. I don't like it as a retcon. I'll be honest. I think it's a cheap moment to get to his to him being able to do what he does. I think he could have done that in a different way, but it it landing on on Rimmer to actually set to save them, and them actually turning to him and saying, "Well, you know all this strategic crap. Like you've read all these books. Like you know you should come up with something." The finale of this is actually quite good um, as a, as an episode go. I think you know the moment when. Um, Crichton sort of says, you know, I, I did a recce of whatever, whatever weapons are on board and, and um, Rimmer's like, ah, yes, well, I was going to ask you to do that next. When he clearly wasn't, but it, was a, it turns out to be like two forks and a pencil sharpener. Um, but then the, the choice he makes at the end, is, it's stupid and, and daft and probably shouldn't work, but I like the fact that it does. Um, and it does sort of, again, sort of like, I like Rimmer and I like, weirdly, <laughs> and I like the fact that it pays off. Yeah, he does save the day, um, and so I, yeah, I enjoy cool. that. Um, but the, one of the things that he, he remains Rimmer, like you know, he does find this stuff out. But like the first thing he does when he finds he has to do a strategic battle plan is he does a battle plan prep timetable. Like he preps a timetable, <laughs> and like so that's and again that harkens back to him in the first sort of couple of the series, isn't it? And that sort of thing. So it's it's. I, yeah, it's just an enjoyable end to this series. It may be, for all intents, it may be because Dear Dave is such a dip that mm. you know, in in context, I'm enjoying it more. But I don't know. This one made me chuckle, and I, I I kind of enjoy Rimmer standing up for himself at the end when he does say like, "No, this will work. We have to believe," and then gives a terrible, terrible uh, inspirational speech. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy. I do enjoy this episode. I think there's some good stuff in it. Well, I mean, nobody can possibly argue with um, the fact that it's enjoyable and works for you and is funny. It, it doesn't for me. Um, I, I like. I like the opening. I mean, there are more flashbacks like that um, in in this series, and then and then in uh, eleven too. Um, that you know the that begins with this flashback of you know his father mocking him in front of the mm. class and you know this female student warning him that uh <laughs> you know he's a guinea pig and he takes it as an insult which which i thought reflects his his lack of um self-confidence mm. um so i i quite like that opening i actually like the retcon um you know much like i think that i am more receptive to the howard rimmer thing than you are i'm more receptive to you know, this idea of sort of like being freed of your family, this idea of being freed of that pressure and of the, and of them being frauds. Mm. I, I like that, you know, in, in a way that works for me. Um, 
now you know as far as like you know this this gelf this this simulant who sneaks on the ship and stuff i mean i think it's funny that clearly like he threatens one after another you know and uh they just direct him to lister (laughs) and initially i thought well okay that's funny they just sort of know they're just throwing lister under the bus but in fact, then you find out that he's been doing this forever. And then mm. I think, you know, when did that happen? How many times has he been sneaking on Red Dwarf between episodes? Um, I don't remember this guy. Uh, you know, this seems to me like more of a retcon than, you know, I don't know. It just, it irritates me. and I And I often have this problem, like in the same way of like, when um when Lister loses Rimmer at and it's in a uh game of chance that you have not been shown and then mm. the way it's verbalized to you is I lost Rimmer last night, you know, at cards, and then Rimmer comes in the room and I think, oh, what you were supposed to say was I've got to deliver him tonight. And you didn't give that information. So I assumed Rimmer's no longer on the ship. And now yeah. Rimmer shows up in the same way. You know, you know, I feel like that joke about them pointing him to Lister is not them throwing him under the bus. It's them knowing, Oh, this is the thing that Lister does with that guy. But I don't know that. So by the time I figure that out, the joke meant something different and I did, I I thought it was amusing because of how they were acting, but not because of what I was supposed to think was amusing because I didn't know that because the show did not communicate that effectively. That's a pet peeve, but I'm always irritated by when something's not communicated effectively, especially if the humor depends on that. I, I can see what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I think for me, um, the thing I, I, the one thing I've taken, especially because of all the gaps as well, um, we do know that they have been trading and interacting with other life forms, mostly Gelf life forms, um, and sort of, you know, they've obviously met other um, simulant life forms and that sort of thing. So to me, I'm just sort of like, you know, this is obviously, a, to me, this is just another a window into those sort of those uh, between episode interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, or even between series interactions, and I'm, so I'm, I'm quite, I'm fine with that. You know, um, I, I would have like say it would be good to sort of have some background to it. Um, but again, the thing with sort of like Rimmer's dad, um, I don't know. It just feels like it, it's sort of like the whole thing has been that like, you've always learned that like, you know he almost starved of he almost you know suffered from uh, died from malnutrition because he was constantly being. Um, forced like with the rest of them to sort of answer astro navigation questions and couldn't get them right you know he was sort of thrown on the rack to make sure he was tall enough and then you find out sort of like more and more about this sort of relationship between he and his father and then you say then you get this flashback uh which proves that he was a teacher which is that's something new um but then to also find that he wasn't actually his father i'm sort of like so why do all this stuff because you clearly treated the others the same. Like, you know, all the other brothers got treated the same. It's just that Rimmer couldn't keep up. So, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's sort of, you know, um, 
there's an odd thing there of like, well, yeah, he, he brought he, he raised you. He, he treated you like crap, but he treated everybody like crap by the sound of it. But he still raised you and took you in and act as his father until you came of age. Um, I don't know. It, it just feels like a weird moment to introduce this thing of almost like, a, like he says, you know, you're to watch this, read this message or to view this message when you become an officer. And I'm like, yeah, but to what, to what purpose? Like, is it to show that like you did this despite being the gardener's son or despite the fact I treated you like crap? I don't, I don't know what the purpose of the, the message is or the, the information. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just that this is something the father has withheld from him. So, mm. you know, it's kind of like once you have achieved this thing that I pressured all of my sons, whether they were, you know, genetically my son or not to do, it's time for you to find out the truth. Um, I mean, I, I guess part of why I like it is because of the irony that he's happy, uh, you know, to be related to Dungo, the imbecile gardener, yeah. you know, that that's like. You know, uh, it feels very right that Rimmer would somehow feel relieved <laughs> to be related mm. to an imbecile. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I like that uh, that sort of switch up. I do feel I'm more troubled by the way it contradicts um, the first episode and, and the revelation of Howard. That, you know, mm. um, okay, well, first of all, weren't you... Like we've already deconstructed the fact that you felt you had to live up to your brothers and your father's example, right? Um, mm. Your family's been deconstructed and shown to be a fraud. Well, here we're we're showing it again. Okay, well, you know, um, my problem with that is less the revelation and more that we've seen Arnold have to uh, ante up or evolve time and time again. And now I feel like, well, we've literally seen this this season mm. and we're repeating shows within a season now. Yeah. And if it was 20 episodes long, I'd sort of agree, I'd understand that, but this is six episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it literally bookends the series. Um, it's yeah, it's, that I, I yeah, that's the part that bothers me is that sort of the whole father revelation. But um I, I think it's the you know, it's the rimmer succeeding at the end. Um and I think just seeing some of the crews another crew interacting on that ship is is again something um I kind of enjoy. Um uh, seeing seeing those simulants sort of you know, acting out that sort of stuff. Um I mean it's no, not I th- great. I think that's cool. But it's still Yeah. No, I think that's cool. And and I mean, I hate that conclusion. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I get what you're saying about seeing Arnold um, succeed. The episode in which he becomes Ace Rimmer, I find much more satisfying. Although I get yes. it, this is a different Rimmer. But I think about that and I think, yeah, I've seen a better version of this. And mm-hmm. I don't know what this has that, you know, at, at least like, you know, the Howard Rimmer thing is like, oh, that's a that's a clever way of dramatizing that that the original show just didn't think of. Um, you know, here I just kind of think like, oh, well, I've seen this. Um, I mean, I do like seeing the other ship. It's kind of weird. And 
And I don't know, like, those two vignettes of, like, him being compassionate and saying, I just wanted you to, you know, I mean, to polish the, the sword. You know, part of why that's so funny is he's pulling his own guts out as he leaves. You yeah. know, it's so over the top <laughs> and wonderful. And then literally the next vignette is him being cruel and killing somebody. And I think, well, is he the compassionate one who doesn't want them to kill themselves? Or is he the one who kills them? I mean, I do love that you see the other ship. Um, I hate that conclusion, though. I mean, I partly it's that I like there are some funny lines along the way. I mean, you know, I, I think by far the funniest is, you know, what do you think they want? You know, although the rogue death, death ship didn't indicate its exact designs, uh, you know, uh, you know, there are funny bits, but I have a pet peeve for. Uh, characters defeating more powerful characters by lining them up in a row and ducking. Yeah. Yeah. Especially I mean, when it, it's based on, you know, you, you shoot the walls of your ship to make stuff pass through it. That gun only exists because it was introduced for no reason in the middle of the episode. And then I think, mm. like, they say, oh, he shot all four bulkheads. Well, there's still a ship around you. There's you're not intangible. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It just it bugs me. What well, was again, like I say, it's, plans like this have been, you know, um, they the, have existed in Red Dwarf repeatedly. As because it's Arnold Rimmer that comes up with his plan and carries it out. You know, you approach it one way. If it had been Ace Rimmer that had done this and had done it with that sort of like, you know, that cocky smirk and a sort of a a flick of his hair mm-hmm. um would it would you have felt the same way or would it have been yeah it's, it's a ludicrous plan of course it was going to work because that's what ace rimmer does yeah exactly but i mean we've seen ace rimmer jump out of a plane and surf an alligator to the ground right <laughs> i mean yeah. you know we know like basically ace rimmer has all the luck he gets all the girls you know, there's nothing about this version of Rumor. He's not turning into Ace Rimmer. I mean, if he decided, like, I'm going to become Ace Rumor, and then suddenly he gets all the luck, and it's played mm-hmm. off as a gag, I'd probably think, oh, that's funny. Um, but he's not becoming Ace Rumor. He's just coming up with a strategic plan that that I think, well, not only should this not work, I don't want it to work. Mm. It's so, I mean, I just hate that cliche so much. I don't want it to work. And I don't want to feel like I'd rather they all get blown up than see what I see, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's fair. I, I can see what you're saying. I, I, I do I do share the point of the plan is, you know, relies on total luck. Uh, of them surrounding them exactly sort of like 90 degrees <laughs> um you know sort of exactly sort of like in line with the ships um as well this is that thing again that sort of like you know we know that um it, it seems to treat everything almost like in, in a sort of you know two-dimensional travel pro- aspects mm-hmm. doesn't it not yeah, forgetting that actually they're in space so they can travel th- you know three-dimensionally um so to have them all exactly on that same plane is, is very, very unlikely. But um, yes, I, I, I know what you're saying. I can appreciate what you're saying. Um, but I still get a bit of a thrill out of that, out of that sort of the end. Hey, <laughs> hey if, you, if you enjoy it, you win. Um, 
you know, the most important thing is that the episode is called The Beginning. So mm. I know that from this point on, Rimmer's going to be a hero, right? Well, yeah, this is something that sort of, again, I would bother, because the very first episode is called The End, isn't it? Um, and, oh, yeah. You know, it, it ends with them, with Rimmer, uh, sorry, with Lister grabbing um, hold of the cat and sort of looking at uh, looking at Rimmer saying, the slime is coming home. Right. Um, and it's obviously echoed here with, with Rimmer saying that. Um, although it's not a callback because he wasn't there for that uh, um, <laughs> interaction. This is a different Rimmer. Um, but that's the point, isn't it? Like you say, he says, I feel like a, I feel like a working class hero. Uh, it says the slime's coming home as if but that's meaning them going back to Red Dwarf. Um, but yeah, it sort of suggests that he's going to be a changed character. And uh, we're going to see quite openly that he's not a changed character. In fact, <laughs> as you say, as you get to Officer Rimmer, uh, he's he's not at all. One thing I would say, which I noticed, I think it's in the it's either in the first or second episode of season eleven. As we get into it, the battle plan timetable that oh, is yeah. created is now is ends up in his bunk on the wall. So he's he's got it there as a memento, as a sort of a prize um, of this victory, which I think is quite cool. No, I agree. I agree, and and I do think that in addition to the um, to the sets being uh, expanded, and mm. for better or worse, like now you've got all these computer screens with graphics on them, um, you know, which are cool. Uh, you know, I guess it's better than nothing but um you know i mean i do like the sets partly as the sets are expanded you do sort of catch these references i mean and he's got in his bunk in 11 right these like arnold rimmer does it again sort of uh clippings and stuff uh along with this timetable um which it never sort of clicked to me it was like a memento of this episode which is very cool that's a good point but but the, the, those things of him saying sort of, um, you know, those stickers and things that you see, is, he had those in the first series. There was one that said mm-hmm. Arnie does it best um, and uh, there's a couple of others. So, yeah, so it's, it's very much in his wheelhouse to have those sort of, as he was supposed to put them as inspirational stickers around his bunk. Um, yeah, that's a good point. But, but it is quite cool. They do, they do have those references. I mean... Um, you know, others will come back over the next couple of seasons. Um, but yeah, we're jumping into series, sort of series eleven, really. Then, but um, overall, though, let's just finish off. So, series ten. What are your sort of thoughts? Having discussed it through, anything changed? Um, having discussed it, or no? I mean, I I think that it's. I, I don't know. I mean, I I maybe I liked it more watching it than I did recollecting it. Um, mm. I mean, I feel as if talking about it really most of the stuff that I liked besides like vending machine jokes and, and, and sort of things like that, that are fun, but, but maybe not meaningful. They're not a whole episode. Most of what I really liked are things that I'll defend because I like the choice or I think something's clever or I admire what they're doing more than it's a great episode. And I think that mm. watching it, I enjoyed it more than I'm letting on. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, what I would say is, from my point of view, I think there are some 
there are some real high points. I think there's some, there are some good jokes, there's some good moments, there's some good ideas. Um, but I definitely feel that repetition mm-hmm. of previous episodes. And so when I am going through this, and as you sort of said, like, you know, um, pre feels like Queeg, um, mm. the mm-hmm. moment of, um, you know, the cat sort of like raising the image of, of the, the previous girlfriend with the book, with the other boy, with the, the guy instantly thinks of duck soup and the claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just, there's just these things again and again. Uh, and I'm just sort of thinking like, you know, are you trying to sort of reintroduce us to this series or is it just that you run out of ideas? <clears throat> it's not terrible. I mean, it's not, if I'm perfectly honest, it's sort of, you know, all seasons have had some good stuff, but, it's just average, you know. Yeah. I chuckle, I, I do laugh at some stuff, but it's very average. Um, and it's, so it's not lighting my fire yet. This this re this reintroduction. Well, there you go. A wobbly start for the Dave series. Whilst series ten may not have lit our fire, let's see because we've still got eleven and twelve and the promised land to go. And I'm pretty sure things can only get better. A little wobbly from the beginning, but let's see how, what we think. So next week we will be jumping straight into series eleven. So next, guys, if you want actually, if you want to get in contact with us, if you think that our opinion of the Dave years, at least when they started, is wrong, or if you agree, or if you've got your own opinion, get in contact. Reach out to us on Twitter at Pod Time Space. If you want to email us directly, you can get us under the 20th Century Geek banner. Email us at 20thCenturyGeek at gmail.com. But yeah, I'm really enjoying doing this series. I hope you're enjoying it too. Series Season 2, the full film reviews, is coming soon. We've already started recording that. So next week, we'll be having Series 11. So until then, have a great week, and we'll see you soon. streams.